Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Uh, we have uh, Coach Mike Mock with us. He's the head football coach at uh, Glendale High School in Missouri. Uh, coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. It's really good to be with you today. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it, you're, you're a little bit of what I would define as, as a legend here in the great state of Ohio. Um, but, but for people who are not from Ohio that kind of don't know who you are, uh, can you kind of give us how you ended up at Glendale and kind of your um, record of oh, history of success? I should probably phrase it that way. Well, I started coaching out at a small school in Ohio at Bluffton High School. I taught there for two years, was a defensive coordinator, really enjoyed my time and experience there. Uh, I got married and we decided to move to Columbus where I spent two years coaching at Dublin High School. Uh, back when I was at Dublin, it was just one high school. Now they've went to Jerome and uh, Kaufman and uh, Kaufman. So they have three high schools there where there used to be just one. And then um, at the age of 25, I wanted to become a head coach. And so I applied for a position at Kenton High School. It was a school that was in the league that I competed in when I was in high school. And so I was familiar, but not really aware of everything that was going on in the community. But I took the job at Kenton High School. Uh, we competed in the Western Buckeye League, which was one of the, I believe, top conferences in the state of Ohio. And I didn't realize that Kenton had not had a lot of success. In fact, I think we only had nine winning seasons in the history of the school uh, back when we took the job. But um, it gave me an opportunity to learn and to grow and uh, mature as a coach. Uh, I started out coaching defense. Uh, enjoyed coaching defense, and um, I think the last year I was really the defensive coordinator in charge of the defense. We had the number one defense in the league, but uh, we didn't win a league in the conference. So that's when I began to think that, you know, I need to learn a little bit more about offense, begin to study offense, and looking at ways that would help us be successful uh, as a football team. Now, what was that kind of um, transition like for you from going from – a, a, a very good defensive coach to probably be known as the, uh, I don't know how I want to word this, the Ohio's ver spread, spread, I'm going to put four or five wide everywhere and throw the ball everywhere and set a gajillion records. Well, it kind of evolved. You know, I, I thought, you know, we had to find a way to win and a way to be successful. And, um, you know, everybody was running the football. And being from Ohio, you know, Woody Hayes was a legend. And I had a lot of admiration and respect for him as well. But everybody was running the football, and I was trying to find a way that would give us an advantage. I tried running a little bit of the split-back veer. We tried a little bit of the wing tee. Uh, of course, we played against some teams that ran those offenses extremely well. Uh, but we just couldn't be successful like I wanted to be running those types of offense. So I really set out to begin to explore and study the passing game, to learn about as much about it as I could. And I went and tried to talk to the best people I could that I knew or had access to um, really in the, in the country to learn about the passing game from uh, coaches I went out uh, west to listen to, uh, Mike Leach being one of them, um, to different coaches on the one-back running game, which you know everybody was uh, you know doing a lot of one-back stuff back then. So that's what I did and uh, really tried to keep it as simple as I could. I, I, I was uh, not the brightest or most intelligent coach, so I wanted to find things that I understood because if my guys that were running offense didn't understand it, we weren't going to have a lot of success. So I wanted something that was very difficult to defend, but yet very simple to teach and coach and practice. So make a long story short, we really got a running game down to one play. So we ran the inside 
zone to the left, inside zone to the right. We did run the draw, which if you consider that a, a running play, we had two <laughs> running plays. And then I began to study and learn about the passing game. And um, I learned from a lot of very competent coaches, uh, both in high school and college, that were willing to share their ideas uh, with me. And I learned from them. Uh, I wasn't the most intelligent, so I'd always record and um, tape what they were telling me. So I was able to go back into my office and replay that over and over and over. Uh, Miles Davis being one of the guys that I would go listen to, record his lectures, record his talks. I bought his books and films. And so I just try to learn as much as I could and teach myself, um, you know, about pass protection, about the basic passing concepts that they were teaching. So that's kind of how I got started. And then I kind of evolved in some things that I like to do and was able to teach the guys I was working with because, you know, it's not really how much you know as a coach, it's what you're able to get your players to learn. And that's kind of how we started and, and got going into the passing game. Now, you, obviously you mentioned uh, some pretty good coaches there and, and Mouse and Leach. Now, do you define – well, everybody try. I mean, do you even define your offense as a particular type of offense, like the air raid, or is it kind of your, its own unique thing? It's kind of a combination of several things. Well, I have a lot of respect for those guys and what they do and how they teach it. You know, uh, the air, air raid is probably a little more complicated of a passing game for me. Um, you know, I really kind of – was running the one back, throwing the football. I learned a lot of that from Mouse Davis. Uh, you know, we ran the the go route, the choice route, the streak route, and um, you know, kept it kind of simple. And then tried to run the football. And then around the turn of the century, about 2000, 2001, uh, we just really didn't have an outstanding running back that I felt comfortable giving the ball 25, 30 times a game. So. Uh, you know, we went to a, we, we started looking at the no back passing game. And again, at that time, nobody was really running it. So we kind of had to evolve and create what we liked and what we wanted to do. And I had a lot of people tell me it would never work, that you can't be successful uh, throwing the football on every play or every down. And, um, but that's what we decided to do. And uh, that's what we decided really to practice. Uh, we would go through an entire practice and never handled the ball for one time. We passed it from the time we got there until the time we left. So our goal was to become the best passing team we could and not only be the best we could be, but try to be the best passing team in the state of Ohio, which is ultimately what we tried to become. Now, um, I, I have several questions going from there. Is First, you, you kind of mentioned kind of like inside run was really your only run. Um, did you use like screens to supplement your outside run game since you didn't have a true outside run at that point? Well, when I first started looking at it, we ran a little bubble pass, a little quick screen pass, which was a tremendous pass for us. But, you know, it was successful, but you had to complete it 100% of the time. And we were not able to do that when we first started doing it. And so I just work with our guys every night. I practice it before practice. We practice it during practice. And I made it the goal of our team to make that a 100% completion pass. In other words, it's just like handing the football off. So our quick screens became like our basically hand the ball to the tailback or running back and uh, take off from there. So we really work hard on making that a 100% passing completion route, just a quick screen and getting the ball out in the perimeter as fast as we could. 
Now, I mean, I mean, you also mentioned there. I mean, you just pretty much spent your entire practice passing. How do you do? How do you structure a practice like that, uh, from point A to, to to the end, really? Of is is it kind of more like a typical practice, but instead of inside run and outside run, do you just have like a screen period? Uh, do you break your seven up seven? I'll rephrase it this way: Do you break like your seven on seven periods into the different smaller periods? How do you structure a practice to where you're going to throw the entire time, and not run the ball? I think, you know, for explanation purposes, I think it would come back to talking first about personnel. You know, I wanted to try and involve as many kids in our program as possible. So we went from, you know, really playing the best players and trying to win and the like, uh, and we kind of adopted a different philosophy. We want to. We were going to be a two platoon football team. So I would take our quarterback. I'd probably maybe take our best receiver or two. And then we would put from that point on our best athletic players on defense. And then I would take what was left. And we had a lot of receivers that were quick, athletic, and could catch the ball, but probably weren't physical enough to be really good defensive players. So we would use them as our wide receivers and we're able to include them in our, our, our game plan, so to speak, and that um, they became very important players for us. Uh, there was a good little receiver named Jimmy Conley that we had back in the um, middle 1990s. He was not very bad, very big, but he was just quick and athletic. And so we began to implement those guys into our offense and get those guys out for football. And, you know, not only were they out in the perimeter or up the field running the football once they caught it, uh, they were being tackled by guys that like them and not the big, strong physical linemen or defensive linebackers that, you know, you ran, you'd run into if you ran inside. So it became a little bit of a personnel thing for us. It involved more kids, allowed more of our athletes to get involved into the game. And um, they all had a big role to play in the success of what we were trying to do with our offense. Now, I mean, I, we we kind of mentioned before you came on, well, not before you came before we came on and started recording, is um, kind of the success your quarterbacks have had in general. It's not not just one or two, but across the board. I, I mean, I think I read an article this past weekend um, that I, I think kind of listed. I think you, something along the lines of you've had like the three. I mean, in terms of stats, three leading passers nationally in the history of of high school football, or something like that. It was some. Like awesome stat like that. And, um, how do you develop your quarterbacks, both in season and out of season? What does that process look like for you to develop quarterbacks so they can be so successful in your offense? Well, we've been very fortunate and blessed to have some really good athletic quarterbacks that uh, were good passers. Uh, they practiced passing the football. Um, I remember making a statement a long time ago that I never went by the football stadium and saw kids out there working on handing the football off or carrying out an option and then pitching the ball to somebody. They're always throwing it and catching it. And so what we try to do is just take something that was natural, something that they enjoyed practice, uh, guys that uh, could work on it on a daily basis. Uh, early, we weren't allowed to spend a lot of time with them in the summer, but we wanted them working out. And so we began just passing the football. And um, there's something to that. I mean, our kids here at Glendale, I mean, they're throwing the ball almost every day. I mean, any day that it's sunny and we can get out on the field, they're out there throwing and catching. And kids like to do that. So we, we thought, let's just implement that in what we do. And, you know, let's do something that the kids are good at 
and um, find a way to make it difficult to defend. And um, that's kind of what we did. And that's what I tried to learn from all those coaches that I spent time uh, studying what they did with their passing game and then implemented it in something that we could understand and we could make work at the high school level. Now, is there anything like drill-wise you think you guys do unique offensively that kind of sets your stuff apart? I remember when I was talking to um, Hal, I mean, he was always looking for that edge. And he finally found it when he went to like a high school practice and he watched somebody run um, their little no huddle period and how organized and structured it was. Well, is there anything particular you guys do you think that is unique that kind of sets yourself apart, that get, helps you lead to your success that you're, you have? Well, if I were to say anything, it's that's, that's what we do from the time we start practice until the time we end practice. Uh, you know, we're throwing the football in different situations, different places on the field, different situations. Um, we try to put as much simulation into game conditions as possible throughout our entire practice time. So we're working on, you know, inside the red zone, working on being in the middle of the field, working on down and distance, uh, working on situations when maybe protection um, breaks down and the quarterback's elusive. So that it's not something that we, we, when we get into the game, we haven't practiced or haven't prepared for. And so uh, I think, you know, over the years, you find out, you know, just exactly what you're going to be going against. And so we spend a lot of time our practice, practicing those situations, practicing scramble, practicing being inside the red zone practice even controlling the ball at the end of a game when you know you want the clock to wind down and um you know get the game over with so um there's a lot of things to practice and uh fortunately you know when you do it as often as many times there's a lot of other things that you eliminate and you don't have to spend as much time with so we don't work on handing the football off we don't work on carrying out a fake on the option or you know doing those kind of things we'll work on everything that focuses or centers around the passing game okay and then um i, I kind of want to hit back on it and you've hit on it a little bit on on the success of your offense and kind of some of the stuff that sets you guys apart a little bit but in, in your opinion like what what kind of took it to the next level i mean obviously you did something that pretty much nobody else was really doing in ohio at the time in terms of uh throwing the ball um, but what, what, why do you think you are so successful on offense still to this point? Well, fortunately, I was in a community that was very supportive of me as a coach and what I did. Um, when you make a decision that you're going to pass the football 100% of the time, there's a lot of people say that you've got to run the football in order to win. And, and when I first got started, I had not a whole lot, but I had people say, you know, you're only doing it for this reason. And um, you know, you got to run the football, you got to run the football. And, um, and I, n I never agreed with that. We were going to pass the football and that's what we did. And uh, when we went into games, um, in regards to what they did to defend us, we knew we were going to pass the football because that's what we practice. So just making that commitment, um, you know, everybody says you still got to hand the ball off. You still got to run it. And uh, I'm not going to disagree with them, but, you know, we're going to pass the football, and that's what we're going to work on. And that's what we're going to try to be the very best we can at doing. Okay. And then um, what was it – I mean, before we get into some pass pro stuff, um, what – how long were this? What was the transition like for you from um, from Ohio to Missouri in terms of – your, your, your offensive system, your staff, your, and, and your, your program? 
Um, you know, I was an entirely new staff. I mean, Ben uh, came originally with me from Ohio to Missouri, and then I had all new coaches and, you know, just beginning to implement the style and the way we run our offense. You know, it's, it's taken a little bit of while for it to all fit in, but we had some success early. Um, and then about my third or fourth year here, we had a really good team and had some really good players and, and we're pretty successful, but uh, we're still trying to get to the point where we feel that we can um, be as good as what we want to be and have enough players to, to do the things we want to do. And it's evolving. It's, it's coming along. Um, and, you know, it's just an adjusting process that we hope we can uh, continue to get better. And that's where we're planning on trying to be as good as we can be, uh, hopefully next fall. Um, and, then, and then, I mean, you mentioned you recorded all of your meetings and, and kind of as you study. But, I mean, at this point, who do you – who do, you, do you, uh, let me rephrase that. Who do you, after 30-plus years of doing this and being involved, and um, who are you spending most of your time studying or looking at, whether it be offense, defense, culture, special teams? Where, where do you spend a lot of your time at this point? I think I, I love watching college football. Um, I didn't watch as much professional football this year as I had in the past, although I did watch some games. I really enjoy watching Patrick Mahomes play here out in Kansas City. Uh, you watch and see what they're doing. Um, they're doing a lot of things that we try to do, and I think he's got the leeway to do the things that we've asked our quarterbacks to do and uh, in making plays and uh, creating plays and being elusive and using his abilities. Um, we're not, you know, all the lines of a traditional passing team where everything's got to be exactly right. We're always adapting and adjusting based upon the coverages we see, uh, the fronts we see. Uh, we try to control the tempo. Uh, we try to do as much as we can control in a game as possible so that we can practice it but yet also realizing there's only a few things that you can defend, do to defend what we're doing. So I think that gives us a little bit of an advantage as well. Um, so it's just kind of uh, always evolving and, you know, it's kind of exciting and still fun. And um, there's no real right or wrong way to do it. It's just, you know, you got to find out what works best for you. Okay. And then like I said, I, and we talked over the phone a little bit about some pass pro stuff. I, obviously, with, with with you putting a lot of four and five wide stuff out, um, and you you're a lot of time you're left with the five man protection. How how long did it take you to change to develop? Um, how long were this? Actually, that's probably a better way of wording it. But oh well. How long did it take you to develop a, a pass pro that you were comfortable with once you started heading towards this direction? I think that I'll come back and say that I think. As long as you can keep things simple, the simpler you can keep it, the better. I was fortunate to have a very good offensive line coach in Ohio, Tony Osmond, who played at the University of Michigan, uh, was from Kenton, Ohio, uh, was my offensive line coach. When I told him we were going to pass the ball every down, you know, he never said, well, we got to do this or let's do it a different way. He just said, we'll, we'll block and protect the quarterback and uh, use the schemes that we have and keep it simple and allow us to practice and be good at it. And, uh, you know, he had five or six guys that he'd work with every night. They got really good at what they were doing. Uh, they enjoyed doing it. We had different types of kids from tall, long, athletic kids to small, smaller, quicker guys, stronger guys. Um, but he was really good at teaching the fundamentals of pass protection. And then we had quarterbacks 
that uh, you know could get the ball out, could recognize fronts, could recognize coverages, were elusive enough that if we didn't have somebody blocked and it came through, you know, we were able to make a play even without blocking them, and that allowed us to open up some other realms of our passing game that, you know, when you watch some of our players in the past that were a little more athletic, they created some tremendous uh, plays by scrambling and running and, um, you know, making plays when the play should have been over. And um, I can go back, you know, when we first got started, we played, uh, uh, I think, against one of the best coaches I ever coached against, Jerry Beauty up at Defiance. And he'd come off a state championship and had a really good football team. And we were just trying to find out some things that we could do to have a little success from them. And, uh, you know, they beat us pretty good that night, but they were putting a lot of pressure on our quarterback. And I told our quarterback, I said, just go ahead and take a snap, take the snap and take a knee because, you know, there's no way, you know, we can get away from them. And he said, well, I'm not going to, our quarterback said, I'm not going to take a snap. I said, well, then don't let them catch you not realizing that him running and being elusive really opened up a lot of our passing game. And so I thought, you know, if we can do that kind of unpracticed, what are we going to do if we begin to practice that scrambling and allowing our linemen to uh, readjust on maybe a, a person that was chasing our quarterback and allow our quarterback to make plays. So, you know, we even use that as our, as our offense developed and matured and, and we, we weren't as very good maybe that first year we did that back in 2000. But 2001, we got pretty good at doing it and allowed us to have a lot of success. Now, is, I mean, do you, when you from a pass pro perspective, um, how, how much time do you, does your offensive line typically get? Obviously, you're throwing a lot in practice. How much time, and is there like a set set of drills that, you, that need to be accomplished every day, or does it kind of vary – uh, week to week, depending on what you think you might see. Our offensive line are practicing their pass protection. From the time we get to the field, we get through warm-ups, we get through our pre-practice conditioning, so to speak, agility type of things. They go to right doing what they do. They practice pass protection from um, the time we can go in individual all the way up through a team period and as we finish practice. Um, they are not running a, an opponent's offense, they're working on protecting our quarterback because anything, everything that we do is based upon them being able to protect him and allow him to do the things we want to do with our offense. If you can't protect the quarterback, you're not going to have a lot of success passing the football. So that's all they do. That's what they practice. That's what they get really good at. And um, they look at different schemes, different looks, different fronts. Uh, again, we try to keep it as simple as we can in teaching it. And, you know, there's times that, you know, you're going to see a lot of different looks. We've seen every look you can imagine uh, trying to get pressure on our quarterback. So that's what we practice. That's what they try to get really good at. From, from a, a off-the-field perspective in terms of a, a normal year here, <clears throat> how much film time you, not, does not only your offensive line spend, but the pretty much rest of your team on a typical, say, practice day? Well, we don't spend a lot of time watching film um, before practice. We'll watch a little bit of film after practice, just get an idea of personnel, um, maybe what they did against us the year before <clears throat> or what they've done against teams that are maybe a little similar to what we do. But uh, when we go into the game on Friday night, um, you know, I'm not really sure what we're going to see. We could see an odd front. We could see an even front. We could see a big front. We could see a front maybe we hadn't 
seen before. So we try to practice and prepare our guys for every potential front coverage that we could see. We've kind of simplified them to where we have a pretty good idea of the three or four fronts we could see or the three or four coverages we see. So that's what we practice against. And, you know, we might play against somebody that's a predominantly odd front team, but when they play us, they play an even front. I don't know why that is that way, but that's <laughs> the way it is for a team that predominantly is an even front team or a, you know, a 6-2, 4-4 type of team, and they get into an odd front. So when we saw that, I, I got to thinking that, you know, I don't think there's really any good way to defend what we do. So we got to be prepared for what are they decided to do. But uh, I don't think there's a really true answer right now that I would say this is what I'm going to do because I don't know of any that really works, to be honest with you. Okay. And then, and then is, is there anything that kind of get like, when you look at it kind of going back, is there anything that kind of gives you, that gives you a little time, bleh, that requires a little extra preparation or eval during the off season. Cause like, obviously when I, when I talk to some of the air raid guys, um, they, uh, at least the high school guys, um, they talk about drop eight and then, um, court very variations of quarters. And then obviously when I talked to Hal, he said one of the biggest problems for offense coordinators is staying patient, especially when you get that drop eight stuff. Is, is there anything that kind of makes requires you to adjust a little bit um, or that kind of gives you some headaches or requires you to maybe evaluate a little stronger in the off season? Well, you know, I'm probably a little bit different than him. I, I, I really try, we really try to keep things as simple as possible. I want, we don't run a lot of routes. Um, we work against basic coverages. We're either going to see man coverage uh, with a one free or two free. Uh, if we do that, then we're going to get less pressure on the perimeter. They'll try to change it up a little bit and blitz us, or they're going to play zone. And very rarely do we see cover three. So it's usually a two deep zone, which means they got to drop, you know, um, eight guys underneath to defend the, the two hooks, the two curls, and two flats. So other than that, you know, we're, we're just we're trying to control the games as much as we can, uh, keep what they do as limited as possible. And if they do anything that gives them advantage, we're going to try to take advantage of that. And like you said, you know, a lot of times now they're, they're playing soft and trying to change who's rushing. And, you know, it's just something that you practice on. And, um, you know, you try to get your ball, get the ball to your guys that can make plays. A tempo is another thing that, you know, I think it plays into the whole factor of changing defenses. Because if we change the tempo and we're going fast, again, it limits what, teams can do to defend what you're doing. So uh, there's just a lot of elements that, you know, we feel we can control that we like being able to control. And, um, you know, I remember somebody talking about having the pencil last. It's, it's nice to be able to feel that you're in a position where you do have the pencil last. And we've coached and played against some really good defenses that have done a great job, but uh, we've still been able to score, move the football, and uh, do the things we like to do. We just got to get better at it and have better players um, than maybe what we're playing against. Okay, coach, and then and then for anybody considering going to a, a more pass-oriented philosophy, kind of like you did, do you have any any advice for any coordinators that are considering that? Well, I think the biggest thing is you got to decide what you want to do and what you want to be good at. You know, you only have ninety minutes or so to practice in a practice, and so um, you don't want to ever go into games 
unsure or not being able to run the football against the front or or a coverage you're going to see or pass the ball against the front or coverage you're going to see. So that's why we like to keep it simple and do the things that we know we can control in regards to what they're in or what coverage they're playing. Um, and if they do something, maybe to take away our perimeter game or take away our deep game or our quick passing game, always have something that you can go to that uh, really allows you to score points or have a shot at the end zone. And, um, you know, the game is to try to score, the object of the game is to score more points than your opponents. So we're going to try to score as often as we get the football. And that's what we practice. That's kind of the, the philosophy that we want our offensive guys to have. And so, you know, you're asking a lot out of them, but at the same time, it makes a lot of fun to practice. It makes the game fun to play. Coaches, uh, that was uh, Coach Mike Mock. Uh, Coach's email will be below if you want to reach out to Coach. Um, also, make sure you check out our uh, sponsors and affiliates below. Their links are below on the bottom. If there's any point um, you want to go back and, and re-listen to as part of this podcast, uh, remember the tags are in the bio as well, so you can go back and click on a specific question and uh, listen to Coach over again. Um, and make sure, as always, uh, subscribe to the channel or the podcast, depending on how you listen to this. Um, like and share this video so other coaches can see it and, and uh, people, so more can uh, listen to Coach Mock and, uh, and reach out to him. Uh, thank you, and that was another episode of the uh, Gap Downbacker podcast.